This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 235, recorded Wednesday, October 28th, 2015. My God, it's October 28th already. That means it's almost November. Yeah. Where has... Which means it's almost 2035. Jeez. Jeez, time flies. Where has the month gone? I, I can't... I don't understand. Time seems to have sped up, and I'm not liking it. Well, as they say, time keeps slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. And as you used to say, it continues to move at one second per second. One second per second, my friend. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I've decided that's too fast for me. Yeah. Because I'd like it to go maybe uh, slower than that. Well, what you should do is uh, take up jogging because uh, time moves slower the faster you uh, the faster you go, according to the theory of general relativity. <laughs> so if you take up jogging, you'll live longer. Yeah. And I hate jogging so much that it'll feel like an eternity if I start running. Also true. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll try that. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, you also gain mass when you speed up. So, you know, take that into account. <laughs> right. So I'll start jogging. Time will slow down, but I'll get heavier. That's right. The faster you go. The faster I go. Right. But when you stop, you lose weight. <laughs> so it's, so why not? It's so yeah. confusing. I might just try it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is episode number 235. We are here to do our feedback for the most recent episode of The Walking Dead, which was called Thank You. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we have a ton of it. Uh, a ton of it, I should say. Our The amount of email we have been getting lately is just off the charts, which is fantastic. I mean, it means that people are listening it means that they you know have something to say they really want to write in and uh, it's great to hear from everybody absolutely love it but it makes it really difficult to to uh, first of all sort of respond to people and, and reply to everyone which I've never been able to do entirely but I do like to try to get back to folks when I can but also just pare it down into you know a a, a fancy concise set here that we can use for these feedback shows so um it's amazing it's a double-edged sword it's amazing but uh boy is it uh unexpected recently i'm amazed that we have charts that uh these are off of the amount of email that we're getting are (laughs) off of the charts we keep charts of how much email we get you should see the charts i have i I get graphs or pie charts oh yeah and i and i get out the bristol board and i do it all like on an easel it's really impressive Nice. Yeah, it really is. That was my favorite uh, How I Met Your Mother episode where uh, Jason Siegel came in and said, uh, here's a pie chart of my favorite bars, and here's a bar chart of my favorite pies. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. It is. That's genius. It really that, is. That show had its tr- had its problems, but that is funny. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get right into it. We have all kinds of feedback here. I mean, there's a lot about Glenn, of course. We're going to talk about Glenn a lot over the next, what, hour or so. Um, but there's a few other things, too, so I think we should just get started. Alrighty then. Here we go. Listener feedback. All right. Our first email comes from listener Josephine in Vancouver. Josephine says, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. If there was ever a moment where the phrase, holy crap, did you see that, was most apt, it was this episode. Part of me hopes that Glenn isn't dead, 
that he either found a way to hide under the dumpster, or perhaps this was a hallucination on Nicholas's part, and Glenn is still standing on top of the dumpster, you would hope that a beloved character like Glenn would get a hero edit and his death would be meaningful. However, even in this world, not everyone can die a hero's death. There were many references in this episode that would lead you to believe that Glenn would die. The callbacks include Herschel's pocket watch, Glenn calling Rick a dumbass, the line, we all have jobs to do. The saying was, if Daryl dies, we riot. However, if Glenn dies, we all die a little inside. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. That's nice. It's a nice sentiment, I think. You know, Glenn is the moral compass of this show i think he has been for a little while yeah and if he's dead which he's not but if he is (laughs) uh that would be really sad because someone else needs to fill that role then and i don't know who it could be i don't think anybody right now somebody would have to step up and be our moral compass yeah you're right i mean maybe michonne maybe morgan although he's got his own he's got his own thing yeah um i don't know though it's uh it's a it's an interesting question It is. Next, we have a call from Michael in Alabama. Hey, Jason and Chris. This is Michael from Alabama. Um, I am um, calling in about the theory about Glenn being alive. I think it's predicated on on one of two cases or two theories. Um, The first one being that that the whole thing was a hallucination, which I could possibly buy. The second being that um, Nicholas fell on top of Glenn and Glenn slid underneath, the key word being underneath the dumpster. So I want to ask y'all to go and, and look at dumpsters um, when you're on your way to work or when you're at work or just when you're out and about. Um, dumpsters have no gl- ground clearance. Um, the dumpster trucks pick up the dumpsters from the side to unload them. So it's like a giant garbage can. Uh, the dumpster sits flat to the ground. So there's uh, if there's any clearance, it's on the side and it's maybe a half an inch to an inch of clearance. So there's no ground clearance for Glenn to go underneath the dumpster like there was for Rick to go underneath the tank in the earlier seasons. So I don't think it's just, it's possible for Glenn to go underneath that dumpster just because of how a dumpster is constructed. Now, I don't know if there's regional variances to how dumpsters are built, uh, but it seems that a container is a container no matter where you are, and dumpsters are made to sit flat to the ground. So I just don't think that um, it's, it's possible that Glenn could go underneath the dumpster. I wanted to see what y'all think about that. All right, thank you, Michael. So... It's an interesting point. Uh, I went back and looked at the episode, Mm -hmm. and the dumpster in this episode does, in fact, have a bunch of clearance from the ground. Yeah. So I I used to live in an apartment building near where you live now, Chris, and the dumpster we had for our garbage, we weren't allowed to throw anything down the garbage chute because they had closed down the incinerator in the building years ago. So we had to bring the garbage out to the dumpster, and the dumpster was in an area where... On garbage day, we uh, the super had to wheel it out from where it was parked onto uh, the street where the garbage truck could get at it to pick it up. So because it had wheels, it had a clearance of about, I'd say, it, about a foot, almost a foot. So uh, it was, for that particular dumpster, I think it was possible for someone to squeeze under uh, depending on the person. So I think some dumpsters have clearance, and I don't know if that's a regional variance or not, but uh, I know at the apartment building that I used to live at, the dumpster had was on wheels. 
a foot 12 inches is actually a lot of space it wasn't uh, it was it was wheels. really high off the ground it was i mean the, uh, i guess they needed to have big wheels so that it could be easily pushed out into position where the truck could get at it yeah and wheels like big enough and strong enough to hold potentially a fair bit of weight if it's just yeah full of garbage wet or at least a couple of bodies right so if you're <laughs> right. throwing bodies in there you want to be able to push them without having anybody have to go what the hell is in there yeah, you don't want to strain yourself while you're pushing your bodies in a dumpster around yeah so right. the wheels have to be solid. Okay, so, I mean, good point by Michael. I mean, I've definitely seen dumpsters that just sit on the ground, but a lot of them do have ground clearance. And the one in this episode, I went back, and every shot you got, a lot of them were very quick, and, and uh, you didn't see much, but you can definitely see some clearance underneath there. So is it enough for Glenn to fit under? Uh, we'll see, but I suspect it probably is. Maybe uh, Glenn has the ability to uh, flatten himself out to fit into small spaces like that X-Files episode. He's he's uh, Mr. Fantastic. He can stretch and flatten uh, yeah. himself. Yeah, I was thinking more along, along the lines of X-Files. Yeah. First I, season, there was a slimy guy that could fit through uh, uh, vents and things. Little tiny spaces. I remember that one. I remember that. That is creepy. Yeah. To think so that. maybe Glenn can do that and hasn't really <laughs> had the opportunity to find out that he can do that before now. Maybe he had no idea. Maybe he right. learns that right yeah. here. <laughs> I'm sure we all have a superpower. We just haven't learned what they are yet. Yeah, mine, mine is finding parking. Sorry. You can find parking? I, more often than not, am able to find really good parking really quickly. Right. It's a superpower. My superpower is that uh, I can yell at the speed of sound. It's not a superpower. It is. It's an absolute speed. It's like super fast yelling. I can yell at the speed of sound. Okay, great. I'm not going to ask you to demonstrate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, next we've got a call here from Heather. No, uh, an email from Heather. It's an email, my friend. Yeah, sorry. In Massachusetts. Heather writes, hi, Jason and Karen. Huh. I feel like after this past episode, I need therapy or alcohol, probably both. Sunday night's episode resulted in screaming, anger, and utter shock. After the Talking Dead, our house is confused uh, whether if Glenn is if Glenn is dead. It seems highly unlikely he would make it. That would be the second close call Glenn has had. The first was after fighting with Nicholas in the woods and Nicholas throwing a zombie on him with a trail of others in tow. In that scenario, Glenn somehow fought his way through. Uh, by the magic of editing, Glenn escaped, which I still feel like it was cheating. All I can say is if he does make it, we better see how. I am not going to be very happy if we don't. Um, and just to clarify, Heather wrote an email after this and apologized for calling me Karen. Uh, Karen, of course, <laughs> is uh, is one of our friends from the Walking Dead cast, another Walking Dead podcast. And I know we share tons of listeners. So, so it's, is Jason. It's easy. To, and and he, Jason is on that one, too, exactly. So yeah. it's easy to get confused. And uh, it's it's fine. I, you don't mind? You can call I'll me Karen if you want. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> there you go. All right. Next, we have uh, an email from Brittany in Illinois. So, no thank you. I'm still in shock this morning. Like, I don't even know what to say, but I'll say something anyway. I haven't been uh, I haven't been this in shock from a TV show since the Game of Thrones wet, Red Wedding, where I just stared at the screen like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Nick was a total dick to the very end. Uh, Glenn let him live no matter how much he knew he didn't deserve to. You don't get to put yourself out of your misery when you're a dick. I'm sorry, but he should have just uh, died by Walker or other human hands. But I didn't expect Glenn to. Uh, I didn't expect Glenn to kill him because that's not wh- not who he is. But I wasn't ready for Nick to die. 
I can almost say I loved hating him because it confirmed that Glenn was still our moral compass of the original group. Yeah, so Nick the dick. I mean, it is... Uh, that's that's an easy sort of feeling to get from him because he was useless. He turned into a jerk. He tried to kill Glenn. Then he was trying to repent. And then at the end, he just gave up and presumably got Glenn killed. Uh, he said thank for you. For no reason. Yeah, he said thank you. But, you know, you can be a polite dick. Really? <laughs> I think so. I'm not so. sure you can. I think that's a little bit of a redemption. Yeah, I don't know, man. Even yeah, he, he tried to redeem himself, but in the end, he did a, a a dick move. Yeah, I mean, what he could have done is is crowd surfed into the zombies and then shot himself in the head. I mean, that might have been a little better. Or you know, shoot a zombie. You know, take the last bullet and shoot a zombie and then dive in. And then just dive in. Just dive in. My God, that would be crazy. All right, uh, thank you, Brittany. Next is Paul in England. Holy crap, did you see those intestines that appeared to be ripping out of an area around Glenn's neck? This can only be one of two things, in my eyes. Either really bad special effects, or it's Nick's body that's being torn apart just out of shot. If it's the latter, then I can only presume that Glenn will survive due to all the blood and gore that will pour upon him and disguise him from the walkers. In which case, I hope we get a real-time episode of him hiding under the dumpster for 40 minutes. That would be boring. <laughs> but you, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, totally, totally. Can you see him under there? Like, imagine if we had an episode where he was under the dumpster the whole time. There's a giant crowd of zombies just, you know, milling around in the alley. And we're in his head the whole time. It's thinking, you know, seeing what he's thinking, imagining what he's imagining, uh, whether he's losing it or he's trying to plan his escape or whatever. That would be awesome. Wasn't there a movie like that where a guy was stuck in a coffin? Well, there was... He was buried alive? Yeah, there was that Ryan Reynolds movie where he was yeah. buried alive the whole time. The whole movie in, in the coffin. I watched that movie. There was also a movie where a guy was driving in the car talking on the phone. What the hell was that? Uh, that was recent. Yeah, that was more recent. I haven't seen that one, though, but I know the one you're, you're talking about. It was good. Yeah? I forget, uh, I forget the actor's name. He's in everything. Well, I don't know about that, but he's... Yeah, I, I know the movie you mean. I don't know what it's called, but uh, I don't even remember the Ryan... Was it called Buried? Yeah, I think it was called Buried. Something like that. Um, but see, we could do that with Glenn here. He'd be like dumpstered or something, and he'd be well, under the dumpster. Well, if he had dumpster. a cell phone, he could talk to people. Or if he had memories, we could see what they are. That's what I'm talking That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a cell phone, but he, we're in his head the whole time, and he's under the dumpster. <laughs> that would be something, I tell it you. Would be, it would be a departure, that's for sure. Yeah. Total bottle episode, Glenn's brain. Glenn's brain. Yep, there you go. Oh, remember, that, remember that show, Herman's Head? I do, but I never saw it. I did. I liked it. Okay, good for you. All right, next we have Frank on the internet. The speculation is that Glenn lives because he had a coat of guts on him. Uh, I am skeptical of this because the guts shield, that uh, sorry, his guts shield is made out of fresh guts. If anything, he'd get eaten faster. So here's an interesting point. When they put on the stench coat or the gormiflage, I love yep. both those names. I can't decide which one to use. Um, it's always, both. okay, I'm going to, it's always, uh, you always take zombie gore and put it on yourself because it's already dead and rotting and it smells like other zombies. Right. If Nicholas is getting torn apart on top of him and all of Nicholas's like fresh blood is pouring down onto him, I think Frank makes a good point here. You'd think that would just mean that the zombies, you know, would eat Glenn even faster because they'd 
be more yeah. frenzied, right? That smells like us, or that doesn't smell like us. That smells like fresh meat. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, so that makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, it's not like Glenn is hidden under a stack of like dead zombie bodies and therefore camouflaged. So yeah, I'm not sure that the stench coat in this case makes sense. I agree. So, I think it's a very, very good point. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, Donnie in Suffolk, Virginia writes, First, let me say that had to be one of the most depressing episodes of The Walking Dead I have watched since the series started. Watching Glenn slowly fall into the mass of walkers was, to say the least, hard to watch. I normally watch each episode twice the same night so I can look for things I missed the first time. This was the one time I could not bear to watch over again. I hope he comes back in a flashback or something. He was one of my favorite characters in the series. So I included this just because, you know, Donnie and I think a lot of other people had pretty strong reactions to this. Whether or not you think Glenn is alive or dead, uh, or maybe the fact that he could have survived this never even occurred to you. It was a pretty intense and emotional and generally pretty sad episode, especially if you're a Glenn fan. So Yeah, it was very dark. The whole episode was very, very dark. It was. A huge body count, even if yep. they were mostly secondary characters. Um, and not a lot of hope, not a lot of hope in this episode. And it certainly nope. didn't end on any kind of high point. Well, but nothing does in this show, right? Well, I like know. There's no, you know, there's no happy-go-lucky. Well, I mean, the last episode, the, uh, the casserole came out of the oven and that's a high point in my opinion. Yeah, I guess so. The, the thing about the TV show is I know we sometimes say that nothing good ever happens on The Walking Dead and that is kind of true. Um, but when you think about it, like arriving at Alexandria last season and hearing the, the happy sounds of children and stuff, that's kind of a high point, like a, at least right. a happy point. Um, so Glenn and Maggie met each other, fell in love and got married. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. I Absolutely. mean, Glenn died maybe, but you <laughs> yeah. know, other than that. Other than that, it's a great thing, right? Then um, there was the, the, the guy from the last episode who uh, met his wife after the, uh, the apocalypse started. Right. So he died too. So good things happen, and then <laughs> good things happen to people, and then they die. Uh, well, that's the story of life in general, really. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And see, that's just kind of a downer now. <laughs> Turned a nice <laughs> thing into a huge bummer, man. Take that, Chris. <laughs> um, anyways, this episode, no high points, I don't think, no. anyways. No. Uh, all right, next. All right, next we have Jason in Massachusetts, USA. Greg Nicotero was a well-featured walker in Glenn and Nick's last stand at the dumpster. Perhaps Greg was there undercover to help Glenn escape. Well, we can only hope. Maybe undercover Greg Nicotero pulled him under the dumpster and he'll be safe. I went. We just need to break that fourth wall, is all. Yeah, that's right. You know, you need to cross reality with uh, fiction like they did at the end of Blazing Saddles. I'm not sure I want that to happen on this show. No, probably not. Um, I went back and looked at the zombies, though, in the scene, and I have no idea which one was Craig Nicotero, so... Well, the one wearing the scarf, of course. The scarf and the long hair, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure which one it was, and I've I've met the dude in real life, and I pretty much know what he looks like, so <laughs> I... I he, he might have been wearing makeup, Chris. I think he might have been, yeah, and I think yeah. it was done really well, so, you know, I don't know. Probably. Uh, but he's been a zombie tons of times right he's been on the show lots i mean and it makes me think is there anything this guy can't do he's a producer he's a top-notch effects guy he's a clearly a pretty good director uh maybe he's not a great actor we did watch him in that one 
B movie from the eighties a long a while back where he was he played Stoner Guy number three, I think. Can he weld or tap dance? I bet you he can. If there's anyone that can weld and tap dance, or maybe weld while tap dancing, it's Greg Nicotero. Okay, right. right? Well, that's good. That's good to know. You know, I bet you he can do it, um, and he can play a zombie with the best of them in the show. So the man. So is a I genius. imagine that uh, when Greg Nicotero is a zombie in the show, that someone else does his makeup. Do you think that's nerve wracking for whoever that is? That they're doing the makeup of Greg Nicotero, and he's going to look in the mirror and uh, possibly fire you. I, I, it might be. I don't know. Maybe he does his own makeup. Maybe he stands there in the mirror. Like, you'd put on your own clown makeup when you were a clown, right? I, I did. It was part of the uh, pre-show ritual. That's how I got into character. There you go. So maybe he's the same way. Well, I don't know. Prosthetics, all... Like, I only put on clown makeup on the front part of my face, right? That I could see in the mirror right? looking at me. I didn't do a whole wrap-around-my-head kind of thing. And I didn't have any prosthetics to put on. Like, I mean, I put on a little bit of glitter, and your but red... there was no actual pr- prosthetics. Doesn't a red puffy nose count as a prosthetic? No, that's a... <laughs> I, it was makeup nose. Oh, you didn't It was, little, it was, it was a nose. red spot on the front of my nose, and then I put a dab of glitter, red glitter, in that spot. <laughs> Man. How, why did you ever stop being a clown? I'll never understand. Oh, it's <laughs> so much work for such not a lot of money. <laughs> Like a lot of work. It was not worth it. What if you it was, get a job? The amount of hours that it took to prepare, uh, to go to the gig, set up, do the makeup, do the shows, turn around, take take off the makeup, tear down everything, put it in the van, get get it back to the storage space, and then go home. It was less than a minimum wage job. Yeah. So what you do, what you need, is some sort of full time clown like circus job or something. Yeah. And makeup is extremely. Expensive. The professional theatrical makeup. All right. Extremely, uh, extremely expensive. Interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you didn't wear like a red puffy ball nose though. That's that's quintessential clown, if you ask no, me. That's 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 cheap. That's cheap clown. We were better than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> How'd we get down this? No offense hole? to all you clowns out there. The clowning is hard. I have respect for uh, the clowns, and I I don't uh, I don't like it when the media portrays them as uh, clowns, creepy or <laughs> evil. Uh, clowning is a uh, a solid profession in, in in my opinion. Unless it's a lot of hard work. Unless that's what the clown is going for, because there's such a thing as a creepy clown, right? Yes, but I don't like those clowns okay. because <laughs> they're they're leaning into the stereotype that uh, is making it worse for the rest of the clowns that are just trying to make an honest wage clowns 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 it's funny all right next our email this email comes from uh, our friend zach in bulls gap tennessee easy street easy street that's right um so zach sent in a really long email where he you know recounted the scene from the pilot where rick gets into the tank through the bottom hatch and then he has a theory about glenn and he says in the current scene in question glenn is thrown to the ground by the corpse of nicholas which is something I didn't know a corpse could do, unless it's a walking corpse. Well, yeah, we got a whole show with a bunch of corpses that do a whole bunch of weird things. <laughs> that, that Get is, on board, man. That's true. Sorry. Well, I'll go back to the beginning and watch again. <laughs> I didn't notice. Um, he, Zach says, here is where my crazy theory begins. <clears throat> the corpse lands on top of Glenn. The walkers are mostly distracted by the easy, newly dead Nicholas. And Glenn has to witness Nicholas being torn apart by walkers as he scoots his way underneath the dumpster. That's not so far-fetched. 
As he's underneath said dumpster, a few non-distracted walkers start reaching for him. As he's about to accept his fate, he realizes that part of the dumpster floor has rusted through from two or more years worth of standing rainwater, and he crawls inside to something resembling safety. Man, I hope he doesn't scratch himself and get tetanus. Oh yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna escape from a giant herd of walkers just to get tetanus and die in a dumpster. <laughs> um, but I think Zach, we were wondering, like, do dumpsters dumpsters have bottom hatches? What could he get in the dumpster from underneath? And right. I think the basic uh, feeling was probably not. But if it's rusted out and there's a big hole, like a hole big mm-hmm. enough. Maybe that would explain how he could get in. And yeah, because it's just been sitting there out in the open for a couple of years. Or I guess dumpsters generally sit out in the open, but I'm sure they rust through from now from now and again. Yeah, the only problem is one. I mean, dumpsters are made of pretty thick metal, I think, and two, the the lid was closed because they were standing on top of it, yep. so not too much water might have gotten inside. But you know what? If any did, I mean, it will rust the metal slowly. They don't make dumpsters out of stainless steel, I don't think. So no. Nope. Um, That'd be weird. That would be weird, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, maybe it's rusted through. It's, it would explain how he could get in from underneath, uh, but we don't even know if he gets in or not. We'll find out in a future episode, we hope. Okay, next we have an email from Dave in Earliesville, Virginia, USA. I'm, I'm in total agreement about the potential cheapness of his death, meaning Glenn's, uh, but here's how I think it could be handled with integrity. Glenn makes it under the dumpster, However, at some point, before or after he gets in the dumpster, dumpster, he is bitten, so he is doomed. While under the dumpster, Glenn has the opportunity to save the day. Glenn had a job to do, and that was uh, well, that was to start a fire to draw the zombies, uh, the zombies away from Alexandria. He has a flare gun on him, and with integrity, uh, ingenuity, sorry, he can still start that fire. Right. So what we need here and is some way for Glenn to kind of, if he's going to die, to kind of be a hero or save the day in some other way, right? So, right. you know, maybe Glenn's not going to escape this unhurt and he, he is bitten on the ankle or the arm or something as he's going under that dumpster. So he realizes he's got nothing left to live for. Otherwise, he's just going to lie there and die. So why not light that herd of zombies on fire, which is probably going to light himself on fire too. Therefore... No, light the dumpster on fire. Well, that's hard to do. You, you can't light zombies on fire. We talked about this ad nauseum well, uh, after the first uh, the first episode of this season. Yeah, but you can light zombie clothes on fire if they're still clothed. And there was enough of them there. You can light something on fire anyways. And Well, yeah, there's, there's something there. But I think whatever's in the dumpster, I assume that it burns. Yeah, maybe. But the point is, light a fire so that you sort of fulfill your mission of what you were trying to do, and that will warn everybody else, and it will draw, if the fire's big enough, draw the zombies to it and distract them and prevent them from getting to Alexandria. So Glenn dies, sure, but he completes his mission and kind of goes out a hero saving everybody else, which wouldn't be so bad because it's the problem is going to be is if he survives this and it's stupid. Yes, and that is a problem. So this uh, this could work. And this might not be so stupid. That's right. And at least we would know that Glenn is dead because right now there's nobody to tell anybody else. Right, exactly. We'd know. Uh, all right, next up is Slick Nick from Connecticut. And he writes, To Slick Chris and Slick Jason. So we're Slick right. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why wouldn't Glenn and Nicholas attempt to climb the fence on the side of the alley? There were no zombies or barbed wire to stop them. 
Really, there were many ways to escape that, like the fire escape they ran past or uh, going into the trash can and radioing for a distraction. I at least thought Glenn would jump from the trash can to the fence over some zombies, which would have been amazing. So what Slick Nick is referring to here is that zombies were all around them. Yes. There was a fence behind them with some uh, coiled barbed wire. There were zombies on the other side of that, so you couldn't jump to the fence to get over. But And on the other side, there was a building. And then on the fourth side, there was a fence with bushes on the other side of it. And there didn't appear to be any zombies on the other in those bushes. So why not try to jump for that fence, climb over it, and make your way into the bushes somehow? The only thing I can think of is that's where the camera crew was. (laughs) Yeah, well, assuming there's no camera crew around, (laughs) I think it's probably a good idea. And I must admit, while I was watching, I'm like, but there's they could go to those bushes right there. Why aren't they trying that? Um. I don't know. Maybe there was something beyond the bushes that would block their way, or or and, maybe they just were in a panic and they didn't see all the the, the potential escape options, right? didn't look all the way around. They only looked at three sides of the dumpster. I'm sorry. Nope, nope, nope. That's it. That's all I can think of. It's just those sides. <laughs> that's, that's all. There's only three ways out of this. <laughs> um, no, but panic does weird things to you, right? True panic. Yes. And you don't think straight and you can't. You don't know what's going on and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, a friend of mine once um, told me that she was in university and she was on her way to an exam on the subway, like an important like final exam for a class. And the subway had a delay and it was stopped and they weren't moving. And she was so worried about missing the exam and like failing the course or whatever that she had some genuine panic for a short time. Right. I don't know if, if you can self-diagnose panic, but that's what she said. And uh, I imagine it wouldn't be very fun to do that. And Anyways, maybe they were panicking and they couldn't figure out what to do. Right. And there was, uh, so Slick Nick also mentioned the uh, fire escape stairs. Right. But they had something, uh, you know, leaned up against them. So they were completely, there's no way to move whatever object was there, I guess. I didn't, so that, no, I didn't actually notice the fire escape, but uh, yeah, if they were blocked anyways, that does raise an interesting callback again to the freaking pilot episode, remember? Nick, or not Nick, after Rick gets out of the tank, he meets up with Glenn and they go up a fire escape yeah. to the top of the building. And doesn't Glenn make a comment about, you know, if you fall off here, at least the fall will kill you and not them? zombies something like that i don't know so a lot of callbacks to the pilot episode in this yeah and so the the blocked fire escape reminds me of uh when the stormtroopers were looking through uh moss eisley for uh for for luke and his friends and they go on the they go up to a door and they knock on it and they go door's locked move on (laughs) nobody here yeah it's just like oh that those stairs are blocked they're completely inaccessible now yeah (laughs) they can't be in there the door is locked that's right. That's funny. Stupid stormtroopers. Right, stupid stormtroopers. All right, next we have patience on the internet. What if Glenn slowly changes his position and pretends to be eating Nicholas? <laughs> Weird. Then he just sort of shambles around with the herd for a while. Could pretending to be a zombie get him not bitten when surrounded by feasting zombies? Or could he really take a few bites? It's just, it's a matter of life and death. Life might be worth just a few bites of Nicholas. Well, the... Yeah, I mean, I don't. The problem is, I don't think acting like a zombie is enough to fool the zombies. You, He's not really eating. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that guy's not swallowing. Um, 
you have to smell like them according to the rules that we understand in this Walking Dead universe. You, you got to walk like smell, them and smell them. Look like them and smell like them. So maybe with all the blood all over him, he looked like them, but I don't think acting like a zombie will will cut it. But I don't know. It's an interesting idea. If he wore the, if he wore the stench coat, then uh, maybe pretending to bite some people might help. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would... Uh... Anyway, I, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, zombies, do they have a heightened sense of smell compared to regular humans? I have a really crappy sense of smell, so I don't know, you know, can you tell if someone's faking being human? I don't, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, well. By smell? I don't know. I mean, I imagine you if you come across, you can tell if a, an animal is dead by smell, right? Can you? Of course you can. For a long time. I mean, let's say you could not see the animal and you were just presented with the stench of of a raccoon and then the stench of a dead raccoon. I mean, you'd, you'd probably smell the one that was dead. It would be smell like rotting. Okay. So pretend, if you will, that you're standing in a, uh, a yard with uh, 75 dead raccoons. Yes. Right? Really, really gross. I know, but... Bear with me here. You're standing in a yard full of 75 dead raccoons, and you're blindfolded, and all of a sudden you uh, see... What you don't... <laughs> I just said you're blindfolded. So all of a sudden somebody presents you with a live raccoon. Are you going to be able to smell the difference? Nope. Me neither. Nobody could... I don't think anyone could do that. All right. So a zombie's walking around in a herd of thousands of dead people walking around, and there's one live person standing there next to you. Are you going to be able to smell the difference? Hmm. Interesting. I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. You might so. be able to see the difference. Our brains are incredibly good at uh, seeing minute facial details. Mm-hmm. Like we, that's how we recognize people is their faces. We can tell, we see, you see faces everywhere, right? Like you look at a bushes and say, hey, that looks like a face. Well, right? yeah, often, yeah. So that's because our facial recognition software in our brains is extremely good. We see faces everywhere. So we can recognize uh, faces, but animals, they do the same thing with smells, mm-hmm. right? Like they can, they can, they recognize other animals by smell, right? That person smells slightly different than this person. And I know this person, I don't know them. That's how they do it. Zombies, on the other hand, it seems like when you die, that their sense of recognition goes from eyesight to smell, which is it's a little off for me. Hmm. That is a little bit weird, but it does seem to work that way because yeah. they, well, I think they're attracted to motion too, right? They're well, like I, It dinosaurs. might be a combination of both, right? Yeah. Like if you're covered in gore and you're walking like a zombie, you know, you, people it might, the, the zombies might say, hey, that looks like a zombie. And well, he smells pretty bad, but everybody else smells bad. So he's all right. Yeah. But maybe that is a thing. Maybe if you're just one living person amongst a group of zombies... Um, you you might be okay. The problem is people always run away from the zombies, and I think that is what oh, yeah. attracts them, right? That guy's not a zombie. He's running. Yeah, he's trying to get away from us. He is, his muscles are still alive. Get him. Get him. <laughs> but back to your face recognition thing, like, sure, maybe our, our facial recognition software in our brain is great. Then how come I have to, like, meet someone five times before I can recognize them on the street? Oh, that's just because you don't care. Are you sure I don't have partial face blindness? Because that's a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Like, I know somebody uh, that has full-on face bl- blindness. He doesn't remember anybody ever. Well, I'm bad with names, but I'm good with faces. 
So you know, like I I know you from somewhere, but I have no idea who you are. Exactly. Huh. So which kind of bleeds into my uh, my concept of fame. Uh, if I know who you are, you're famous, and that's basically it. Does that make me famous? Yes, it does. Sweet. It makes everybody I've ever met famous, and that you way. remember, <laughs> and that I remember. All right. Very interesting. Uh, also interesting is our next email from Catherine in Cozumel, Mexico. Is that how you say that? Co- Cozumel? Co- Cozumel. All right. Cozumel. Catherine says, excuse me, but what the fuck was that scene with Glenn under the walkers? I am so pissed at whoever dreamt this up. To my understanding, we are supposed to be contemplating Glenn's fate this week or until we return to the story arc. But it seems obvious that the writers are going to reveal that Nicholas fell on top of Glenn and somehow he survived. Bullshit. I call bullshit. There is no way someone falls into that many walkers and survives. I don't care how many dead guys are being eaten on top of you or how many dumpsters are nearby to crawl under. I'm already suspending my disbelief that it's the zombie apocalypse, but the show is taking it too far. I don't want Glenn to die, but when you put him in that situation, there really is no realistic, believable way out. Absolutely correct. And that's pretty much my feeling on it. They better impress me, you know, they better really impress me with how he gets out of this or or what they do with this storyline. And, you know, maybe the writers are sitting around in a room right now with the producers and Robert Kirkman and everybody involved reading all of this and listening to all of this speculation on the internet going, oh, these idiots, aren't they going to eat their words when we show them what we have in store? Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe. But or maybe they're going, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, man, did we ever fuck this up? Maybe. And I, I hope that's not the case. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought people were going to love this. They're really pissed. <laughs> they're really, That's right. We're going we're gonna to make it look like we killed Glenn, and then he's going to miraculously survive again. Rick ha- <laughs> or, uh, Glenn has nine lives. They're going to love it. Yeah. Let's, I, God, I hope that's not the case, but. We're going to find out, so... Yes, we are. In a couple of weeks, I guess. hmm All right, next we have uh, Colton on the internet. In your latest episode, you were talking about how Glenn surviving would not work because it's too unbelievable. I agree that this could be a problem, but this situation really reminds me of the situation in the comics and TV show where Tyrese gets surrounded by a giant horde of zombies and the group leaves him behind. I think the fact that they can get away with this uh, with little explanation shows that the show and comic can pull this off. Uh, They can pull off Glenn surviving. Right. So remember when Tyrese uh, was in the middle of a big bunch of zombies with his hammer and then we cut away to everyone running away and then he eventually catches up to them and he's okay? Yeah, that's because he had a magic hammer. He did have a magic hammer. So Glenn doesn't have a magic hammer. Where the hell is that hammer? They should have kept that hammer. We've had... uh, Or maybe nobody else could pick it up. That's right. Only Tyrese could pick it up. Molinier? Um, yeah, and uh, Herschel had a magic shotgun, so Glenn clearly has a magic dumpster. Well, he might, anyways. Is, is Glenn still wearing his baseball cap? No hat. Nope, no baseball cap okay. in the scene. He's not wearing a magic hat. He's got a gun and a knife. Yeah, and the gun ran out of bullets, so he's got the knife. Yeah. I think that's a plus one knife? I don't think so. I'm thinking if anything's magic in this scene, it's going to be the dumpster. Don't know, Uh, though. The magic dumpster of holding? Maybe there's a whole uh, society in there. That's right. It's bigger on the inside. Yeah, it's the TARDIS. 
of dumpsters. <laughs> it, well, I mean, the tart, maybe it's not the TARDIS, but a TARDIS that can actually still uh, shape change or appear as other things. Oh, it's a TARDIS that looks like a dumpster, yeah. Well, the TARDIS is, the, the actual TARDIS is supposed to be able to shift its appearance to uh, blend in with whatever environment that it's in, but it got stuck in the shape of a police box. Oh, interesting. So that's why it always looks like a police box. It's I didn't know It's supposed to look that. like anything. I didn't Not know supposed that. To, that's why when they go to an alien planet and they land on somewhere and it looks like a police box, and everybody goes, what the hell is that? It's supposed <laughs> to blend in, oh. right? So maybe it's an actual working, fully functional TARDIS that in this situation looks like a dumpster. Yeah, well, that could be the case. And there's sh- like a spa and a pool in there. That'd be cool. <laughs> a spa. <laughs> Glenn will come out all refreshed with clean, healthy, shiny skin. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, recovering for like six years, going, you know what? I should go back and save the other jerks. <laughs> That's right. Bring them to my dumpster TARDIS spa. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're just being silly now. So let's continue on. Next email is from Brandon on the internet. Brandon writes, I just want to start by saying that The Talking Dead, the AMC show, being vague about Glenn is a huge turnoff. What's the point in making a decision to kill a character if you're going to hold up signs directly after that he might still be alive? If you're going to commit to do something shocking, do it 100%. All of the anxiety and anticipation uh, on the situation is taken away if you do this. Even if he is still alive, commit to him being dead until we know otherwise. It just seems like an entire waste of a setup if you ruin it by having creators release statements and leaving him out of an in-memoriam segment. P.S. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I've been told that Jesus saves people. Maybe Glenn has a higher power looking over him. I'm just going to leave that last bit right there for you folks to do with as you please. Um, But Brandon's other point about, you know, the creators and the Talking Dead show being all vague and mysterious and then releasing statements is kind of a stupid idea. Like, why do that? Why not just commit to the fact that he's dead and then surprise us later on with the revelation that he's still alive? Maybe they're confused by uh, possible legal action. Like, oh, you said Glenn was dead, but he's not dead, so we're going to sue you, AMC. That can't happen. No, it can't happen. It's ridiculous. So I absolutely agree with Brandon. What the hell? It, it does like, seem just to... say put him in the in memoriam section. Say he's dead. Oh my God, Glenn is dead. Say it, you know, blast it all over the internet. Have uh, you know just you know interviews saying you know it's sad that he's gone, and then bring him back and go. Holy crap, they all lied to us. Yeah, They've lied to us before. Why not lie to us now? I'd rather they do that. I'd rather they lie to us basically and just play along that he's gone. I mean, they don't. It's like they don't want to get caught lying. Like, oh, we didn't lie to you. I mean, we omitted things and we played with language and made our, our, our sentences sound really stupid, but we didn't lie to you. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what, they're losing integrity anyway. I think the point of not lying is to say, we did not lie to you, we would never lie to you, we respect you too much in order to maintain integrity, but they're doing it in such a bullshit way that they've lost integrity anyway. Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, maybe if Glenn does turn out to be dead and this is it, he's dead. That's even stupider. Well, I guess so, yeah. Then why not just go with it? But I don't know. It's it's it, the more I think about it, the more it bothers me. To be honest, that they're they're doing all this uh, this PR work around around a scene in the show that should be straightforward, right? Yeah. Either he's dead or he's not. 
just and and just don't say anything about it and then let the story play out how it's going to play out you know lida was like an honest person yeah exactly be <laughs> be truthful in your lying at least jesus yeah you know if you're gonna lie lean into it man that's right all right next we have ronan in ireland regarding glenn's apparent death the general consensus consensus seems to be that the integrity of the show will be affected if it is revealed uh, in a future episode that Glenn miraculously survives the attack. Point. To remove, yeah. The, to remove the debate and ambiguity, in my opinion, the writers could have inserted a post-credit scene after last Sunday's episode, maybe showing a close-up of Glenn's blood-drenched, lifeless face. Slowly, one of his eyes opens and the show fades to black. The show may still have been criticized for failing to kill off a major character and allowing Glenn to cheat death for a second season in a row, but these complaints could have been minimized minimized by uh, by confining the reveal within the scope of the same episode. What do you guys think? I think that's not a terrible idea. I mean, part of the problem here is that there's ambiguity. Not that that by itself is a problem, but that they're playing into it too much, right? If they yep. just want it to be ambiguous and let us figure it out later, as I just said, that would have been, in my opinion, a little bit better. Um, but I think what Ronan is saying is remove the ambiguity. Uh, you may still have a problem with, you know, unrealistic survival from this situation, but then none of this bullshit that we've been going through for the last few days and online and in real life and everywhere would be a problem because you'd know that, look, Glenn's not alive. You don't know what state he's in. I mean, he may have no legs, but he can still open his eyes, right? So he may be in rough shape, but that's a better sort of mystery than than the whether he's alive or dead one, I think. Yes. Right? Yep. That would have been better. Seems like seems like it would be better. And I think Ronan is, is onto something here. It's too bad they didn't do that. Um... You know, even if there was a way to do a post-credit scene where it confirms that he is dead, you know, I mean that that's that's a not as strong because if he is actually dead, they needed to just show us that in the episode. But to yeah. do like a cliffhanger or to do something like that, then could have done it this way, and I think it's would have been better. Yep. Thank you, Ronan. Next is Dave in uh, Trumpton near Leicestershire. So this is the one we couldn't pronounce last time. <laughs> Right. The town name. It's He sent a pronunciation, Dave did, Leicestershire. Thanks, Dave. I just wanted to offer a different perspective on the Glenn life-death situation. The Glenn that we have grown to love for the last six seasons has died. I imagine that he will actually get out of the situation by crawling under the dumpster whilst another character arrives and distracts the walkers. However, Glenn will never be the same again. He will take post traumatic stress to a new level and will find it hard to re-enter the community. He will find it hard to be close to Maggie and he will never be fully engaged with Alexandria again. That is until he finds that Maggie is pregnant, offering Glenn something for which to live. This fits into what Scott Gimple was saying about Glenn on The Talking Dead, that we will see some version of Glenn, etc, etc. Right. So, what about that, Jason? What if Glenn is only dead? What if Glenn is only dead emotionally or on the inside. And so the Glenn that's survived this is a totally different person. Uh, I could probably, if they do it right, maybe. Yes. My feeling is not necessarily a terrible idea, but got to be done well, I think. You know? Yeah. 
yeah, like anything, they just they just need to pull this uh, pull this out of the fire in a good way, so, uh, you know. And they're probably better people than me at writing stories, so I don't see the good way right now. But they may have the good way. I hope they have the good way. Yep. In hand. Yep. Me too. Me too. All right. Next, we have uh, Hannah in Aurora, Colorado. Do you guys think Maggie is pregnant and a widow now? I thought Glenn was implying she was, and that's why she couldn't go on this mission with him. That would be horrible. Okay, so here's something we didn't talk about after episode one. Jason, do you remember in the black and white, one of the black and white scenes where the whole town is in somebody's living room and uh, uh, Rick is outlining the plan and asking Mm -hmm. for people to help out? I do. Well, in that scene, there is an exchange between Maggie and Glenn that we didn't really address and it's when Rick is looking for volunteers and it looks like Maggie wants to volunteer to help but Glenn suggests that she should stay behind to keep an eye on Deanna and he says to her that Deanna is important and the people need to see her come back from this referring to you know the killing of Pete all that kind of stuff uh and Reg and And then Maggie says to Glenn, and this is kind of whispered between the two of them, uh, Maggie agrees, but then says, that's not the only reason. And Glenn says, yeah, it isn't. Yeah, she's totally pregnant. And that's it. That is the extent of the scene. And everyone seems to think that Maggie is pregnant with Glenn's baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little sad that we didn't bring this up. Because I do remember it now that uh, we've come back to it, but I guess these episodes were so packed full of information mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I, th- I think we, Chris, I'm, I'm afraid to think we dropped the ball on this. We should have brought this up because it's a big point. It is. Right? I think I think you're right. Um, but but at the same time, it was it was a it's a big point that was revealed in a very small, quick scene in a big episode. Yeah. But it boils down to. Yeah, Maggie's totally pregnant. So is Glenn either being dead or missing going to play into, you know, this pregnancy somehow? And you got to think it has to, like... Yes, of course. Yeah, because why would they bring it up? Well, other than... Well, yeah, exactly. So... They're not going to drop it because that would be stupid. That would be. Right? They're not going to forget about it. And like, we we missed it and forgot about it. You know, (laughs) they're not going to forget about it. You know, nothing makes it onto the screen without some continuity person writing in their clipboard, Maggie's pregnant. Don't forget to bring that up again. <laughs> Don't forget to, to, <laughs> to, to go somewhere with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yes, I agree. We should have talked about this before, but it does kind of add an, another dimension to this this whole thing that that they've got to work into it. So, uh, right. interesting. Um so next, we have Bob from Maine sort of going along the same topic. It's me now, right? Bob from Maine? Yeah, yeah. Bob says, Gimple said that we will be seeing Glenn in future episodes. What I see is a flashback of Glenn and Maggie discussing their future, and we get the pregnancy revelation. This all happens as Maggie searches for Glenn, leading to Maggie finding Glenn's backpack with Herschel's watch, then zombie Glenn, leading to a real tough ending. Yikes. So I just want to uh, bring up something else that we haven't seen on the show yet. If you recall from the Comic-Con trailer, there are some scenes with Maggie and I think it's Aaron outside of Alexandria. They look like they're in a sewer of some kind and there's a real rotty zombie in there. 
So Maggie's out there doing something with Aaron, who is the guy who goes out to find new people to bring to Alexandria. If Glenn doesn't return from this mission and everyone comes back and is like, oh, Glenn didn't make it, you know, we don't know. Uh, We don't know what happened to him. Maybe Maggie will think, well, I got to get out and look for him. So I'm going to go out with Aaron. I'm not going to go by myself because that would be dangerous. But Aaron goes out anyways. Why don't I go out with Aaron and start searching for Glenn? And uh, who knows how that's going to play out. But maybe that's what we got a glimpse of in that trailer. And the nice thing about that is, you know, aside from all of this, is it'll give Maggie something to do because I don't know about you, but I I feel like Maggie has really been in the background for a while now. I think uh, we've got some background issues with multiple characters. I think Carl and uh, Daryl are both in that kind of zone right now as well. Well, especially in this episode with Daryl. I mean, they had him drive his motorcycle away, drive a bit, and then drive his motorcycle back. Like, what was the point of that? I have a question about Daryl, but uh, we can get to that later. All right, sure. But, um, you know, Carl is another good point. But I I feel like Maggie, like, they got to Alexandria, and Maggie started, you know, her administrative role or whatever she's doing with with Deanna, and we've barely seen her at all. So I am looking forward to them getting Lauren Cohan back into the mix and and doing something fun with her, uh, with her character. And this is a point that my uh, my mom brought up on the on a phone when I talked to her yesterday, was that uh, she said, uh, "What's going on with uh, with Daryl? Why is he not getting you know more screen time now?" And same with Carl. Are they going to kill them off? Oh no, <laughs> they'll bring him. They'll bring him back in. Don't worry, they will. So. And I get that you can't have everybody at the forefront all the time. And we're just in a we're just in a swing here where Maggie happens to be, uh, you know, written out a little bit, but she'll, she'll swing back in. And I think this whole Glenn thing is what's going to bring her back into focus. Right. And that's a good thing. Glenn alive, dead, who cares? Gets Maggie back on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares if Glenn's dead? (laughs) You know, we need more. What's her name? Lauren Cohan. Lauren Cohan on, uh, on screen. Yeah. And you know, this makes me think back to the photo I got with, Stephen Ewan and Lauren Cohan. That was one of the highlights of one Walker Stalker con I was at. Yeah, and I don't know uh, if I've seen that picture. Have you not? I did an I did a, a a photo with the two of them. It was amazing. And did you put it on Facebook? Um, I think it I doesn't did. matter because if you put it on Facebook, I wouldn't have seen it anyway. I'm just wondering. Okay, I think I think I did. Either way, I'll show it to you. I did. I they I, they were on either side of me, and I had my arm around both of them, and it's funny because it looks like Stephen Yun's arm arm goes <laughs> behind me and is super long and is around like Maggie, and it looks sort of funny. But all right, put it up on the secret picture page. For the record, it was my arm. Yeah, uh, yeah I can do that. What's the? It's uh, talkingdeadpodcast.com/slash/pictures. I think pictures. <laughs> uh, pictures. Pictures. Yeah, we'll we'll double check that, but I can put it up there. Yeah, it's pictures. All right, excellent. So that's our secret picture page, and uh, I think. Oh, look at that beard! I'm just. It's even bigger now. Everyone who told me that the beard is terrible, uh, well, it's still going. It's still going. <laughs> yeah, and there's a picture of my clown makeup with my little red nose. Good, good, good. Yeah, so it's all all that information's there. All right, I'll throw <laughs> I'll throw that picture up there. Uh, hopefully, I'll remember to do that before this episode goes up later tonight. Okay. All right. All right, uh, where are we, Sarah, in North Carolina? That is correct. All right, this email comes from Sarah in North Carolina. My holy crap moment is kind of a two-parter. In season six, episode two, Carol's timer for her casserole goes off, and Carl takes it out of the oven. 
you see the baby monitor, but don't see the screen again, and Carl doesn't look at it. My first thought was, holy crap, they took Judith. In Season 6, Episode 3, Rick finds the jar of baby, f- baby food on one of the wolves that attacked him in the RV. Could it be that the wolf had it for Judith? Holy crap. And then Simon on Australia writes, Baby food? Nope. It's a jar of Aaron's applesauce that he kept in his backpack with the photos of Alexandria. So Rick now knows that home is in peril. So interesting distinction there, that it wasn't baby food, it was applesauce. But the, I think uh, I think the it was meant to remind us of Judith. Because, I mean, a baby can eat applesauce anyways, right? Uh, especially in a pinch. Well, yeah. Um, especially very smooth, creamy applesauce. <laughs> I, I like to I like to think that the uh, when I buy applesauce, that it's basically I'm buying an adult sized baby food jar. Yeah, you you kind of are. So whether it was applesauce or actual baby food, um, it was. I think it was there to do two things. One, maybe as as Simon says, inform Rick that uh, that Alexandria is in trouble because why would a wolf have one of Aaron's jars of applesauce? And two, to remind us of Judith. Now, the idea that the wolves have taken Judith, or maybe that uh, Enid, let's let's go with Enid being a wolf for a second. Okay. She was in the house with Carl and then disappeared. Let's say she took uh, Judith and did take her back to the wolves. What if, Jason, and I, I can almost, I almost don't want to, let this come out of my mouth. But what if those people walking down the side of that RV were carrying Judith <laughs> and Rick just grabbed a machine gun and gunned them down, including his own baby? That's probably one of the most horrific things I can even imagine. All right. So two things. One, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't have uh, a father uh, gunning down his own baby daughter. In this show, that's that's too dark. I think that's even too for dark. this show. What if Rick steps out of that? You know, he's going to step out of that RV. There's zombies coming, so he can't hang around. He's got to run. He steps out and he looks to his side, and there are three dead people with W's on their foreheads and one dead baby. Oh, I can't. I can't even. What if it's a live baby? What if it's three dead people and all of the bullets magically missed the baby? Okay, that I can deal with because he'll pick her up and run out of there. I think it would right. be nuts, but um, I don't know. Something about that would would uh, would would almost work for me. Like like he the, the, think of the lesson Rick would learn if he if he had, if he did something like that, and then somehow he he missed her with every shot. It would be like that scene in Pulp Fiction where the guy busts out of the room and shoots empties a gun at Samuel L. Jackson and everyone misses him. That's right. Right? They'd be like that. And, okay, that's one thing, but, you know, I didn't even think of that. I was thinking Rick just killed his own daughter unknowingly. I mean, if he steps out of that RV and there she is on the ground, like, he's probably not even going to run away. It's over for him. It's too dark. They can't do it. They can't do it. Yeah, you're probably right. But can you imagine? Like, I can't. No, I can't imagine it. That's why I'm saying they won't do it. Right. They can't do it. And the second thing is, it's not a machine gun, it's an assault rifle. A machine gun is something that's belt-fed and uh, is manned by at least a couple of people. Yeah, yeah. Details. 
<laughs> I'm Canadian. I don't know the difference between a machine gun and an assault rifle. Well, you just have to ask me. He was using an assault rifle. All right. I apologize. No one has to write in about it. Jason just corrected me. Yeah. All right. So next we have Chris in the UK. Here's my theory on how Glenn gets to be dead, but why they did it this ambiguously. I think we're going on Maggie's journey to discover the final truth. We're going to be allowed to hope and to doubt with her. We're going to experience her denial, her anger, and then possibly in the mid-season finale, we get to experience her despair when it can't be denied anymore. Along the way, maybe we get flashbacks of her life with Glenn, possibly getting to see Herschel and other characters no longer with us, all leading up to an encounter with zombie Glenn, possibly fulfilling all of his... all of. Gimple's statement, we see Glenn in flashbacks and a version of Glenn, zombie Glenn, in the current story. Maybe he didn't even get under the dumpster. Maybe he makes a heroic effort but dies. Maybe he did even get under the dumpster, made a heroic effort, and dies. Oh, yeah. Um, Sorry. So my ordering of emails was bad here. I should have put this up uh, up earlier. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about, that, you know, Glenn, whatever happens to Glenn here— it's kind of the catalyst for bringing Maggie back into the story, I think. And it's going to spur Maggie to do something and get out there. And if they, if that's how they tell the story, by showing flashbacks or, you know, sort of explaining or showing what's what Maggie's thinking about, thinking about Glenn searching for him, you know, maybe she'll she'll see a zombie in the distance and it'll really look like Glenn and stuff like that, you know? I mean, that could that could work. And it means Stephen Yun is still on the show to a degree, and at the same time, he actually really is dead. Right, right. And well, maybe he'll be a you know he'll still the the actor will still be on the show, but he will be a dead character. Right, like Dexter's father. Uh, yeah. I I I I do hope Maggie doesn't. I like <laughs> Glenn doesn't turn into Dexter's dad. I I do hope Maggie doesn't you know talk to Glenn all the time and stuff. If well, they do that, she'll start carrying around a phone. Right, she'll she, she has to phone. To That's how the characters yeah. talk to dead people in this. Um, but anyways, it's good. Next is Sue in Sydney, Australia. That's how that's how Sue spelled it, and then she wrote Australia. A, she put Australia in brackets. Uh, Sue writes, "Did you see the happy as a pig in mud expression on the walker's face when she was tearing into Nicholas's, not Glenn's, intestines? It was an amusing moment in an otherwise ultra dramatic scene. I almost felt happy for her. Nice. Yeah, there was one zombie that did look really sort of happy in the scene. Well, yeah, when you're uh, when you're chewing on some fresh intestines, That'll, what could be better? What could be better? Yeah, and that's... and I've decided that uh, if they were Glenn's intestines, I think they should call them intestines." Because they were coming out of his his chest. I like it. In chestines. Yeah, in chestines. <laughs> Amazing. All right, next we have Jeff in New York City. The group in the woods began with nine people, not counting Rick, and by the end, six had met their demises, including Glenn. Uh, left standing at the end were three, Michonne, Scott, and Heath. It was difficult not to read their survival as an implicit rebuke against the critics of the show who cry foul at the deaths of so many black characters. Perhaps it was a coincidence, but I once, uh, but once I noticed, it was hard not to shake the uh, the plot of the episode. Was designed to highlight the triumph triumph of the three black characters over death, and even in even in brutal situations where their non black counterparts perished. So you had to figure this was going to come up again, and I I must admit I probably 
um, won't include too many more emails on this because what can you do? I mean, I don't think that the the creators and writers of this show, I truly believe they don't do this on purpose by like killing a bunch of black people on in some episodes and then letting a bunch more survive in other episodes. It it just doesn't uh it just doesn't strike me as something that would be even possible. I mean, maybe I'm being naive, but whatever. Um but uh I thought I'd include Jeff's email here just because I know a lot of people would be thinking about this uh and it does seem like or it seemed like, you know, as we all know, people they were accused of of uh, having a lot of black people die and here it seemed like the opposite was happening but I've decided to make a personal decision to not worry about it not think about it and go with the fact that you know they cast the best people for the character and for the role and they try to tell the best story they can and sometimes characters die yeah I think some people died some people didn't I think that's the best approach to take don't you I do all right so that's what I'm going to do from now on Uh, But thank you, Jeff, for sending in an email. Uh, Next is Dawn on the internet. And Dawn writes, At the end, when Michonne and her group get into the town, I don't think it was Alexandria. The fence wasn't the same, and I'm not sure that the wolves burned any buildings down. I am not sure if it's the town that they went to with Noah or the place that Daryl and Aaron found with the box trucks full of walkers. I saw a sign saying Delano Foods uh, when this week's survivors walked through the scene, I don't have the best recall, but wasn't that the name of the box trucks? So I went back and checked, and it is indeed Alexandria, because I went and looked at the truck that crashed into the wall in uh, where the horn went off, Right. and that, that truck did say Delarno Foods on the side, and it was the same truck as we saw crashed into the wall when Michonne, Scott, and Heath were getting back there. Right. And what looked like a church, maybe it was a church, but the tower that Spencer was in, it was, you know, it was the same tower that that we saw in the other episodes. So it's definitely Alexandria. And not only that, you can see the, like, corrugated metal wall just beyond that church. So you get that weird um, iron gate wall, and then Uh inside that is where they built the other wall. Right. So it's definitely Alexandria. Um, and they're getting home. It's it's not anywhere else. I just I did have to go back and check the tape, though. Right. Yeah. I th- I I assumed it was Alexandria that it wasn't actually in Alexandria proper, but that it was right on the outskirts. Yeah. It's it's just outside the wall they built, but inside an iron fence basically, and uh, and the the truck was the same truck. I I double checked it. Right. Next we have an email from our Adam, our fan in California. When the RV didn't start, do you think Dale crossed Rick's mind at all? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the RV that Dale used to drive occasionally wouldn't start. But you know what else I realized is that didn't Glenn fix that RV at one time? Yeah, where's Glenn when you need him? Well, he's, he's probably off, you know, uh, lounging around uh, underneath a dumpster someplace. Exactly, when he could be fixing RVs for Rick, who's now in a pot of trouble. Yes, so, yeah, but uh, every time I see that RV, I can't help but think of Dale a little bit. Dale? Well, yeah. Dale is synonymous with the RV and his hat, right? Well, yes. So Every time I take, uh, when I take the GO train uh, back home from downtown, uh, along the tracks on, a, on an industrial building, there is parked an old 70s or 80s style RV, and when I see that RV, I think of Dale. 
That's right. Dale and RV will forever be synonymous. Yeah. Um, the GO train, by the way, everybody, is the local or the Ontario train system. Yeah, it's a it's a commuter train that travels to downtown Toronto from various points right. outside of Toronto. Including where you live. Including where I live. Next email comes from uh, Miles in San Francisco, and Miles writes, I thought this week's episode of The Walking Dead was action-packed and full of surprises, with Michonne standing out with some of the most badass walker kills yet. Yeah, she was slicing and dicing. She was. She was really spectacular with the katana this week, and I just wanted to include this to, you know, Give a shout out to Michonne in an episode that was otherwise dominated by Glenn, really. Right, yeah. Because she was very cool in this too. She was. All right, next we have uh, Noop J in Dallas, Texas. Holy crap, did we see the end of the wolves? Rick took care of the only one with a gun and his counterparts trying to sneak up on him. For all the building up from last year's finale, I hope we haven't seen the last of them, but I suspect we have. The only two memorable characters in the group are now gone. From a storytelling point of view, they will have a harder time revealing any more significant wolves with those two gone. Yeah, so this is an interesting idea and something we touched on a little bit is that, you know, this, well, I think we talked about it before the wolves came back in the most recent episode. We were saying uh, Morgan uh, shooed them out of Alexandria, and is that going to be the last we see of them? And we both thought, well, that would be dumb, and they can't do that. But now those wolves that he shooed out are have already been killed by Rick, and the yep. whole point seemed to be so that they would be a threat to Rick in that RV. Um, maybe that is all we're going to see of the wolves. I kind of hope not, because it didn't seem like it played much of a purpose other than to just put Alexandria in danger when everybody wasn't there. For 45 minutes. For 45 minutes. So here's what I think they should do. I think the wolves should be... A, a group that's always there. We always know they're in the background and occasionally they come up and do something stupid or we have characters that are out on a run and they encounter some wolves and they're not organized. They're all over the place. They're spread out and they're occasionally just causing trouble within the show. Maybe we go, you know, a whole season without seeing any wolves and then they come back or something like that, you know, but they're always there and they're not a threat that can be dealt with once and for all because they're just not organized. So maybe that would be kind of a cool way to handle handle this group. Yeah, but you think we'd have, you know, some characters to hang our hat on, hats on. Some wolf but characters. All, yeah, some wolf characters, but they're all gone. Yeah, it's true. They're all gone. You have to kind of know. But but see, in my idea, maybe you don't need that. Maybe it's like they have the Ws so you know who they are. And if we don't see them for five or six episodes, that's fine because our characters are doing something else. And then all of a sudden they pop up in an episode when they're out trying to scavenge canned food from a Walmart or something like that. And uh-oh, there's a couple of wolves behind that, so they got to deal with them on an, in some sort of unexpected way. In that case, right. you don't really need like known wolves, which we don't have anymore. So they're like the zombies. They're just a, a constant threat that are out there somewhere, and uh, we definitely don't want hero versions of them. Yeah, kind of. But then if that's the case, what's the point? Because we already have the zombies. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But we'll see. Um, I think we might be done with wolves for a little while. Hopefully not forever, because it didn't feel like they did much. But uh, after a lot of mysterious buildup, too, right? What, yeah. are these, what are these zombie torsos? Why do they have Ws and so on? Uh, but we'll see. Interesting idea. 
Next is Matt in Ireland, and Matt writes, What happened to Rick's hand? Uh, you can see throughout the episode that he's injured, and I have no idea how. I went back to the tape and I looked at it very closely because I was confused the first couple of times that I saw it. Right, but we, so, we mentioned this during our recap on Monday too, did. but just uh, remind Matt how Rick hurt his hand, if you don't All mind. Right. So when he was running down the road, he ran into a group of zombies and one of them had a very large knife or machete stuck in their torso with the blade sticking out of the chest forward. So the, the, the knife or the machete was pushed in from behind and the blade was sticking out the front. Actually, there was a line slice right down the center, right down the side of the, the guy's head and into his chest. So I think it was an overhand swing that went all the way down through the head into the chest and got stuck. But how would the zombie still be alive if his brain was cut in half? Yeah, well, that's the, the line was there. I doesn't make any sense to me. I agree with you, but the line was there. It looked like it was supposed to have come through the brain and into the chest and got stuck. Regardless, there is uh, maybe I missaw that, but the blade was sticking out of the chest uh, with the pointy end forward, pointing forward. Uh-huh. When Rick came up, he was uh, his knife got stuck in a uh, a zombie's head, and so when he when this zombie came at him, he didn't have a knife in his hand. He put his hand on this guy's chest, and then when he hit him with something, I forget exactly what happened, but the knife came down on his hand, mm-hmm. the one that was sticking out of the guy's chest, and that's how he hurt his hand. Right. So he, he cut just it on that machete. Right. So it just got cut. He's not bit. Whatever. Um, it's just right. cut. I'm more distressed about the idea that this knife went down through a zombie's head into its torso and got stuck and didn't kill the zombie. Like, did it somehow just miss the brain? I mean, I know that can that can happen. I've heard of g- people with gunshot wounds to the head where the bullet just gets in the skull or maybe in and out of the skull without actually hitting the brain, but... Oh, I, yeah, and people have, have had, like, iron bars going through their skulls and they're fine. Well, as well, fine as you can be. Well, not fine, but, you know, they're no worse for wear. They're still up and around and talking about things and maybe getting salad, the word salad confused with, you know, rocket sometimes, but uh, <laughs> that's about it. I could really so, go for a nice Caesar uh, rocket right now. I need a Caesar rocket. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going back to the tape here, and I'm going to look and see if... Uh, well, I just think it's... I just think it's it's bizarre. Like, uh, yeah, I'll have to go and check that out. But if what you say is true, I'm not sure how this is possible because it seems like the zombie's head could be, was cut in half. Now, maybe, are you sure it's not just like a scrape down their face or something? It looks like they were chopped in half because I assume that this knife was plunged in through the back of the zombie's shoulder or back and it just was long enough to come right out the front. No, I am not sure. And that's why I'm going back to the tape. Okay. Well, that's weird. Um, this is uh, well, take... uh, we, I guess we don't need to, you know, wait while I'm doing this. So next we have uh, Lucy in Newmarket in the UK. Why has Rick not shut the fucking door to on the RV? Surely that's the first thing you do after you chuck the bodies out and seeing the others come. I thought he didn't take any chances anymore. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, like, shut the door. You know, it's that might be the first thing you do if you just got attacked in your RV and then you killed everybody. Close the door. I don't know. Plus, if there's zombies coming out, does Rick know, he's sitting in the driver's seat of this this RV, does he know that it's slowly being surrounded by zombies yet, do you think? Well, uh, at this point, I don't know. I mean, they're all coming out 
uh, you know, all along the road, and his face is looking at the windshield. So I assume that, you know, being a conscientious driver, that he's scanning the horizon, even though the RV's not started and moving or anything like that. But if he's looking forward, his peripheral vision, he probably can see the zombies. We're in the overhead shot at the very end. Were there any zombies in front of the RV? I'm not sure. See, I would think they would be coming out from all parts of the forest, and he's expecting them to come out there, so he should be expecting them at least. But if he's super distressed by what just happened, and he's reeling that you know, or he's realizing that what he's done has put everybody else in danger, maybe he, you know, his momentary sort of lapse in in uh, observe, observation skills, and he doesn't know he's being surrounded by zombies already. Because you think he'd first either try to get out of there and run away, or at least shut the door. <laughs> Right, And he doesn't do either of those things. So I'm not sure he realizes that the zombies are there yet, which could be problematic for him. Could be. Uh, so it looks like it... Uh, hard to tell, but it looks like the slash down the zombie's face could be just the front part of the face, but it's perfectly in line with where that machete is stuck in the torso, hmm. which... It would be coincidental that the the uh, blade of the torso is sticking forward, which means that this person was hit or the zombie was hit from behind. That slash would be in where it is. It's quite coincidental that it's exactly in line with this. Right. Like so, you're saying that if if the person was in front of the zombie, dragged the blade down their face uh, and then plunged it through. Yeah. That would no, make sense. I got an answer. There's another angle of this same zombie before Rick encounters the group when they're still eating. There is a slash down the face, and the blade looks like it was buried in the shoulder and got stuck. Okay, so that makes sense. So it's yeah. definitely uh, a shoulder wound where the blade got stuck, and the slash is coincidental. Okay, well, I'm glad about that, because I wouldn't want to see a zombie with its head carved in half and still walking around. I'm not sure that would make any sense. That'd be like a super zombie. It would be. All right. A couple more emails here. Next one from Matt in Clementon, New Jersey. I didn't love the Daryl side of the storyline. He left Abraham and Sasha to help get the rest of the walkers back on track, or help Rick, or help Alexandria. I'm still not really sure. All we get are a few scenes of him driving seemingly a very long distance on an open road. In the end, he meets back up with Abraham and Sasha at the intersection. I'm not sure what he was doing or how he ended up back with the car. It wasn't terrible since it didn't take up much of the plot, but it seemed extraneous to me. And I agree with this. Like you said, they seem to have pushed Daryl to the background a little bit. And yes, he was integral to the zombie parade plan. Yep. But I think what he was trying to do here is go back to Alexandria to help them or maybe... I think go back to Alexandria, yeah. But then Rick sort of talked him into staying or something like that. And that's why he turned around and went back because Rick was like, we got to finish what we came here to do. Right? Yeah. So I was a little confused about what the actual plan was. Was he going to meet Rick and help him get the zombies back on track? Was that the plan? No, I think he was actually going back to Alexandria to help and find out what was going on there. Wasn't he? But then I don't think they heard the horn, did they? Because they were a little farther away. Uh, no, because the zombies, if they had heard the, heard the horn, then the zombies would have turned. And, right, and, and, and all the zombies were right behind them still following them. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it was strange. I mean, I think we could have not had 
the Daryl stuff in this episode, and it would have made no difference. Yes. Which is, you know, the best argument to say that, yes, it was totally extraneous. (laughs) Right. It's like Indiana Jones in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Completely useless to the actual outcome of the movie. Indiana Jones himself? Yeah. Yet he's a titular character. Yeah, no, it was a very exciting adventure, but uh, if he wasn't involved in the movie... It would have turned out exactly the same way. That's weird. I'm gonna the have to Nazis, watch that again. The Nazis would have got the Ark of the Covenant. They would have opened it. They would have all melted, and they would have all died. <laughs> well, <laughs> lucky for Indiana Jones then. <laughs> yeah, the only thing he did was uh, no, he didn't even accomplish his goal of getting the Ark back to a museum. Man, I haven't watched any Indiana Jones movies in a long time, but I kind of want to now. Anyway, that was a thing on uh, um, Big Bang Theory where uh, they told the characters like they talked about. Indiana Jones and how he had no bearing on the actual outcome of the movie. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, good. Let's wrap this up with the last email. All right. Next, we have friend of the show, Adam, in Austin, Texas. Nick is definitely not dead. Remember (laughs) that we never actually see Nick die. Nick holds a gun up to his head, but then the camera suspiciously suspiciously cuts away to Glenn's face. We see some blood hit Glenn's face, but we don't. Yet, well, but what we don't yet know is what caused the blood spray. Nick may have well snagged a passing pigeon carrying two cans of tomato paste. <laughs> well, we see Nick and Glenn fall, but then Glenn is being eaten alive. Nick is not shown. I think Nick crawled under the dumpster to safety while the walkers were distracted eating the screaming Glenn. <laughs> the writers would never kill off a character's who, character who is in the middle of a redemptive story arc. Nick still has to have some kind of resolution. Get ready to see Nick reappear in the series to save everyone at a pivotal moment. Glenn, though, Glenn is definitely dead. The vagueness was meant to counterpoint the surrealism of the underlying metaphor of the writer's need to see Glenn dead. Yeah, so that's a really good point. Thank you, Adam, that uh, we don't see Nick die, so he's definitely not dead. Glenn, on the other hand, he was eaten alive. Yeah, we saw Glenn die. You know, he got <laughs> his right. all his intestines pulled out, and but we don't know what the hell happened to Nick. We just see we just saw a blood spray. Could have been from anything. Yeah, I've I've seen pigeons carrying tomato paste all the time. That's you know that's what they do most of the time. They 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 try to carry tomato paste or hot dogs. And yeah, the little tomato paste thieving bastards <laughs> are always taking the cans of tomato paste and buggering off. And then looking for hot dogs. That's what they do. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I think it's. I think that's uh, very good. Thank you, Adam, for sending that in. That was uh, good for a laugh. Good for a larf, as they say. What you think he's joking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, you know. Maybe. I'm taking it seriously. I mean, other than the the tomato paste and the pigeons, which obviously is kind of weird because we all know that you, like you said, they'd steal hot dogs. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I very well think that we don't we don't see Nick die at all. No, we after the after the shot, well, the presumed shot to his head, all we do is he falls off and then that's it. We don't see him anymore. So I think it's more likely that Nick is still alive yes. than Glenn. That makes more sense to me. It would. Maybe that's how they're going to do this and we'll all be surprised and flabbergasted. I, I will, if they, if they do that, the next time we see this story arc, because next week we're getting a uh, flashback episode of uh, Morgan, I believe. I think so. Uh, but the uh, when we get back to this story arc, uh, if they do this, I'm going to spend the whole episode yelling at you about this. At me? 
Yes, well, you're you're there on the other end of the podcast, and I, who else am I going to yell at? Yeah, I know. I'm here. I, you can yell at me. Thanks. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. I mean, I know it was a lot about Glenn, but, you know, people had a lot of feelings about Glenn, and for good reasons. So uh, we needed to get them on the air here, and uh, like, like you just said, Jason, next week is going to be about Morgan, it looks like, so we got to wait two weeks to get back to this storyline. And to be honest, who knows what they're even going to do after after the Morgan episode. Maybe they'll do something else and we still won't know, have any resolution here. So I don't know. All we can do is wait and uh, see where this crazy story goes. In the meantime, though, uh, it would be fantastic if you wanted to contact us. You could do that. And you can uh, go to our website, talkingdeadpodcast.com, click on the send voicemail button, and uh, record a message right into your computer that will get sent to us, which is great. And you can also find us on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Um, you know, I want to mention something here. The other day, earlier this week, I posted a link to an article that had something like eight, uh, eight clues that you might not have noticed in this episode, and it was it was about Glenn, basically eight clues to Glenn's fate that you might not have noticed or known about. Right. And I posted it without um, uh, without mentioning in the post because the headline was eight clues to like spoiler blah 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 as they do these sometimes these days where they replace a character's name with the word spoiler. Um, anyways, I posted it without mentioning really what it was about, thinking that you know I wouldn't didn't want to spoil it directly for someone. But the URL to the story had Glenn's name in it. Eight clues to Glenn's, you know, why Glenn is still alive or something like that. And I didn't notice that when I posted it. And then someone said, hey, spoiler, you jerk. Like, it was right there in the URL. Um, But I didn't notice. I thought I was, you know, being good and not posting the spoiler, but it got through anyways. So I apologize for that, and I'll try to watch out for it next time. But man, it is hard. It is sucks even when the headline of a story tries not to spoil things the url does anyways and this seems to be a problem for me yeah (laughs) or a problem in general like if they're gonna try to keep it a secret but then the permalink to an article spoils it anyways i don't know what to do about that really well other than check check the url yeah but it shouldn't be me having to do that it's whoever posts this article they were obviously conscientious enough to keep his name out of the headline but not out of the link to the story so there's so like most problems there's a uh, a long chain of idiocy yeah that's true a long chain so they missed it you missed it everybody missed it except for the idiot that wrote the damn thing because uh, he put the permanent link in and they went oh you know what i got to edit this because it might be spoilery but then forgot it because his boss was yelling at him and he needed another cup of coffee to get going and you know I, I've been there I've started my own chain chains of idiocy in the past and they just spiral out of control yeah and the other the other thing is if you're gonna look at the internet chances are you'll get spoiled about something eventually. yeah so be part, careful part of me thinks that too is like just be careful if you haven't watched the episode I do my best but please you know maybe Maybe try avoid the Facebook page until you've until you've seen it. I, I you know I, I I don't want to ruin anyone's day by spoiling something like that. Um, and I've made mistakes before with posting stuff, which uh, I've learned from. So 
Sorry I missed this one, but uh, hopefully it didn't ruin anyone's day too much. Uh, but anyways, that's the Facebook page, facebook.com slash thetalkingdead, where you can <laughs> hopefully not be spoiled on recent episodes of the show. All righty. Um, so next week is a 90-minute episode all about Morgan. We'll be back next Monday night to recap that and do our regular thing. Um as we get towards the holiday shopping season here, make sure you visit talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon to use our Amazon links when you're doing all your shopping. A really tiny cut of your purchase comes back to us and it just goes into helping with the cost of putting on the show. And we really do appreciate everyone who clicks those links before they shop at Amazon. So thank you very much for that. And until next time, that's going to do it. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>